Just for you, Jack. Oh. Next level dance moves happening here. It was requested. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another PPP on the Shea Station podcast. And this time, we got a two-for-one special. Coming at you with both catchers today. We are going with James McCann and Mr. Tomas Nito. Going to knock two out. Two birds with one stone, as they say. Oh. Do they say that? I think once or twice they've said it. Yeah. I've heard it before. Yep, still a thing. Interesting scenario with these two. I feel like the situation is very similar for them both because there is a very special youngster breathing down their neck this year in Francisco Alvarez. If you're a Mets fan, you've heard of him at this point. So I feel like the days might be a little bit numbered for McCann and Nito getting some st- uh, like serious amounts of starts, especially um, by 2023. I don't think so. I still think that he is Francisco Alvarez is a big-time prospect, and he is the real deal, having seen him and thrown to him myself. Uh, But he's also super young, and this is a championship-caliber team looking for a World Series, and you do not want a first-time guy catching Scherzer and DeGrom in the World Series. So as he's going to have to play his little heart out um, to earn some playing time in the big leagues this year, which is not out of the realm of possibilities, but I don't see it happening this year. Uh, at least with both of them, especially when the seasons are on the line. You're going to want somebody that's reliable back there, and he he just doesn't have the track record yet. He could still come up and make an impact, but I I would be shocked. Yeah. So So the pressure's on in 2022 because by the time that Francisco Alvarez gets here, there's only going to be one other catching job available, and both of these guys are under control beyond next year for the Mets. James McCann, of course, signed that very lucrative four-year deal last offseason. Shout-outs to his agent for doing an incredible job competing in the market with JT Ruimuto. That's kind of where I wanted to start today. It was with McCann. is the four-year, $40 million deal. Um, it was a big sign because the Mets were buyers. This was, you know, Stevie Cohen's first big acquisition, I think. it was yeah, uh, him and Trevor May. It was the JT Real Muto year, and everybody was saying the Mets are going for the really big name, and they came in and went for the number two name, and I think overpaid, and that was kind of the consensus, and it seems that that was correct as far as performance goes. Um, he underwhelmed, especially because he was supposed to be the offensive hitter. Right. He was supposed to be a productive hitter, it also happens to be a McCannon type thrower. So um, I was underwhelmed by seeing James McCann at the plate. And I think it, it gets especially highlighted because I think every Mets starter spent time on the IL last year except for James McCann. I think so too. And he was kind of just an also one of the underperforming members of a lineup that underperformed all year. And he was healthy. So that kind of, I mean, it was just a, crazy offensive year for everybody involved in that lineup and to me it could have been a rough year you, you could give him the benefit of the doubt I think he comes into this year as the same kind of role as he did last year because he's got the the paycheck and they're going to say look we thought you are this player can you be this player and so I think he's it's his job to lose I think they want him to start 130 games you know maybe even more depending and carry this team and lead them from behind, but I'm not sure uh, that that's going to be the case. It's tough because the Mets have a lot of holes that they were able to address, like in the rotation and the bullpen and stuff like that, but you are pigeonholed here with the catching department because there's not a lot of great options out there, and you already invested so much money into one guy that you're kind of just stuck with him at this point. 
Yeah, I, I feel the same way. But I actually like James McCann, the player. I think he is uh, a really good clubhouse guy. Uh, that's a weird thing to say in a kind of a dysfunctional clubhouse last year. Right. And yeah, James McCann's just a he's like a leader in the clubhouse. He he does the holds the team meetings. He he's just the face. He introduced the new players to the kind of organization. So. As much of he lacked production behind the plate, he's still a productive member of the team, and he's going to be because of this contract. I don't see them being able to move it. I don't see them wanting to move it because he had a down year. So did everyone. Yeah. Um, and so they're going to give him another chance to be productive. Yeah, and that that is something that you can't really put a, a number or a stat on the uh, the leadership in the clubhouse. Uh, one of the first things we talked about in the inception of Shea Station happened in the weekend in Philadelphia where the Mets were swept out of first place. Pete Alonso gave his answer to the worries of Mets fans by saying, just smile, and that obviously led everyone to be irate. What kind of got lost in translation... Right, rightfully so, rightfully <laughs> yeah, of course. so. What got lost in translation was that James McCann had a very thoughtful answer to the entire situation. Uh, and the line that I remember most is uh, the sense of the clubhouse's urgency, not panic. And I feel like that's the kind of mantra or the the kind of guy that can deliver that mantra that you want to follow behind that is a natural leader and a natural leader quote yeah he understands the context of what Pete was trying to say and he was able to put it in a term that that's what he wants to project to the, his guys when he pro- to, wants to project to the media and to the fans that look we understand we're not panicking but there is a sense of urgency and so you know he tried to smooth over the just smile but there's certain things that It'll never get let go at this point. It's <laughs> going to fall him around everywhere. Oh, yeah. Mostly positive things coming from Pete, but every once in a while when you're that vocal, you're going to say something silly. Yeah. So we can't put a number on his leadership, but we can put numbers on what he did on the field last year, and it just it wasn't pretty. Yeah. Uh, 232 batting average, 294 on base, 349 slugging. That adds up for a 77 OPS plus, which is 23 points below league average. And just 10 home runs. So, I mean, McCann has always been serviceable defensively and makes up for it uh, with his prowess with the bat, but it just was not there at all last season. He hit lefties pretty decently. Uh, 257 batting average, 407 slugging, 743 OPS. That's the kind of stuff that would probably still be underwhelming considering James McCann's track record, but still something you would accept. So I think going into 2022, I think that's the role I might envision seeing him the most in, getting a lot of starts against left-handers. I still think, I think personally, I have nothing but speculation to back this up. I still think he is the guy. I think he is, he got paid to be the guy behind the dish. They're going to let him be that guy, and hopefully he returns to a form that they saw. I think they're going to give him every opportunity um, to do that. You know, his numbers, you mentioned him. He had 230. Yeah. Uh, he had 10 homers, 46 RBI. I mean, those these are down year. It didn't even look good at the play. Like, you know, it didn't look like he was hitting the ball well very often. So I think they're going to, you know, in 2020, he had a solid year and he only played 30 games. He hit seven home runs in 30 games. He hit 10 in 120 last year. So it's still there. In 2019, his last full season, you know, he hit 18 home runs and he hit 270. And so I think they want to get him to be more of the, you know, 265, 270 hitter and just let the power show up. Yeah. I think that's what they're going to rely on. I think that's what they're expecting. And I think they're going to come into the season expecting him to be that player and return to form and give him a little bit longer or a little bit shorter of a leash, but he's going to have some lead time. Yeah, I think we're highlighting the two paths that the Mets can take here. It's either you invest more time in McCann and hope that he can return to years past, or you have him split time with Nito because Nito 
Also wasn't great offensively, but Nito had a fantastic year defensively behind the dish. Uh, it's no secret at this point, but just uh, to pull up a number here, runners were 9 for 21 attempting steals on Tomas Nito last season. That's a 57% caught stealing percentage. The league average was 25%, so Nito is basically double the uh, normal amount of a uh, traditional catcher's arm. And I know that he doesn't do it very well at the plate either. His OPS numbers were worse uh, than McCann's and his batting average was worse and all that. But if you're getting semi or to minimal production out of your catching position, in my opinion, I think you give more time to the guy that's doing it really well on the other side of the dish. I agree with you. And I think Nito is going to get some playing time regardless. He's already shown that he, he had some, like he didn't hit great, but he had some clutch moments, yeah. like some big time hits, a big home runs here and there. I enjoyed watching him play. He understands that that he has that backup catcher role where he's defensive first. He's going to lead this amazing pitching staff. Uh, and every hit that he gets is going to be a bonus. And so he goes up there and tries to do damage. I think that's the perfect role for him. I think he's going to, no matter how good James McCann is going to be, Nito has earned himself some playing time. So he's not just going to be a safety, you know, safety valve. He's going to be a guy that gets, has earned, you know, a start every every fifth day or every rotation, or there's going to be a catcher or a pitcher that's like, hey, Nito's my guy. I'm going to see him every time because I enjoy throwing to him. I think he's earned that right. Yeah. I definitely think that's definitely uh, fair to an extent. I just think that in the in the perfect world with the Mets catching platoon, because I think we both assume it's going to be a platoon of some sort, yes. some variety, whether it's McCann getting the share, the majority share or not. But uh, with Nito, I think if either of these guys can't hit right-handers, I would just want the best defensive catcher out there. I think McCann is pretty good against a left-handed pitcher. I think he puts up solid, serviceable numbers. And Nito has never been known for being an offensive guy. He's always kind of been highly regarded for his efforts as a catcher. So if you have a guy like DeGrom or Scherzer that is vocal about their preference as to which person they throw to, I think you respect that because your hands aren't tied yet. I think once Francisco Alvarez finally arrives, you'll have to mix in playing time a little bit more towards him skew a little bit more towards him and you know at least until he proves himself but with these two they fulfill different needs and I think that the way that you play them is very important to your strategy yeah I agree I think that's that's interesting it's going to be how much playing time does James McCann get versus Nito and can they both be productive Um, is it a true battle in spring training we don't know I don't think it's going to be Uh, I think it's McCann's job and I think Nito is the backup I I agree I think it's very clear cut but we'll see and I'd love to eat my words on McCann because we do have three more years yeah. of this deal left. It's not like McCann's going anywhere. He's, it's still possible for him to return to form, to be the player. That last year was so chaotic from an offensive standpoint. He could have been putting extra pressure on himself from knowing that everybody else is not doing well to I just got this contract. There could have been a million things. Um, I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt that he's going to return to some form because if he's the hitter that he was last year, then he's not going to, he doesn't deserve to play. Right. I just, I agree wholeheartedly. Uh, Do we want to talk about what we think they'll do next year? Till 2022 projection? Yeah. Do you want to look at the steamer projections? Yeah. And then kind of, yeah, let's do the, let's do the steamer. Give me, all right. So here's McCann's. McCann's is pretty similar to exactly what we've seen uh, from last year. 366 plate appearances, 229 batting average, 292 on base, only 10 home runs again. So I think that uh, the projection or the, uh, the perception right now is that McCann isn't going to improve, and I think maybe the pop won't come back. But the only way that 
for sure comes to fruition is if the Mets go the route that I was talking about, where they don't give him the everyday share or the lion's share of plate appearances anymore. What's the what's the games for the projections on Steamer for I have McCann? the plate appearances. How many plate appearances out. was uh, it? It was 366. So that's low. That's yeah, really low because an everyday guy is going to get at least 500. Right. So I guess they are projecting a split time. So that's that's the... That's the part where you don't know going in. You don't know what they're going to say. They only have Nito here at, at 52 games. Yeah. So that's definitely a little bit more of a split because he didn't have that many. So they are going to have a little bit more of a timeshare according to the fan graphs, which is what you were leading to is also what I said. So we'll see. Nito's low here too. I mean, 223 batting average, 267 on base, five home runs. So, I mean, the, the general understanding is that the Mets catching platoon they can succeed defensively, and I think that's a huge amount of value that uh, comes uh, to the ball field, especially bec- uh, considering that the Mets have Francisco Lindor, they have Starling Marte, they have great defenders everywhere. But having a great defender behind the dish not only is great for throwing out runners, but it also helps your pitching staff in the long run. Yep. Ultimately, that is where they provide most of their value, yep. is controlling the pitching staff. It's always that first for a catcher, at least in my eyes. Yeah. Um, and I think they both did a, a serviceable job doing that, especially Nito with, with his limited time. Um, but you'll see that hopefully with this lineup, with the additions that they made, they don't need the production offensively for James McCann to, to return to form. Right. Um, but it would be such a bonus for them. And so I do think that McCann's offensive ceiling is obviously higher, and so I think they're going to let him do that. I think they're going to let him have most of the opportunities to return to that form because we just haven't seen Nito have that success, but we know what he's capable of, and he's a big leaguer. He's He throws runners out. He'll hit a few home runs, but he's great behind the plate. I want to pose a scenario to, to you here, and there's a lot of caveats to it, but I'm interested to see uh, what you think. Um, so Francisco Alvarez, the first thing he said when he got to camp was that his goal was to make it up to the big leagues this year. Let's assume for a second that Alvarez is able to do that. He gets to the big leagues, and suddenly you have a logjam at your catching position. Is there any world where the Mets try and trade James McCann and take all of the contract and just send him off for a fresh new start somewhere? Absolutely. There's a, especially with Alvarez coming up, there's a world where that is happening. But I don't see anybody, if they need Francisco Alvarez to come up it's during the season, it means James McCann isn't performing. Yeah. So you're not going to get anybody to swallow that contract. So I don't see them just letting it go. It really is, I guess, up to McCann for this to not have an ugly end. And I, ju- I just feel like things would be so much better if this contract wasn't four years, because four years is such a commitment, especially to the catching position. And I know that it had a lot to do with the market that he was in competing with JT, and his numbers from 19 and 20 were great. But I think this is probably the most pressure uh, year of McCann's entire career to this point. Uh, I agree, and I think last year was the same for him. He felt that pressure to perform. Um, and again, I, I'm going to say that these scouts and and the executives that signed him saw something because I, I didn't watch him much when he was in Chicago. I I'm an NL guy, so I watched the National League, and so I didn't see a ton of James McCann. So I just assumed that the the diligence that they did um, showed a, a ball player, and what I got last year wasn't that. So hopefully. I'm rooting for him, man. I hope I hope he gets back to form because it makes our team better. Yeah, I, I did not hate the signing when it happened because I knew that JT Rumito was going to cost a load of money, and that's exactly what he got with Philadelphia. And I think McCann was deserving of a contract for sure. I definitely think he was the number two there, but 
the way things have turned out, it just hasn't been great. I think he's going to be a fixture at the bottom of the lineup for sure. Him and Nito will probably split time. I don't see it going any other way, but I want to be cautiously optimistic because McCann has shown that he can be an offensive catcher, one of the best in the league in the past. Even even if he returns to his form, he's going to be at the bottom of the lineup. It's just as simple as the, the, the pieces around him, which is a good problem to have, but you know, I just want him to get comfortable at the plate and to be productive and feel like himself. So, And in such an on-base focused lineup with guys like Canna and Nimmo and guys like that, you're really missing the guys that should be slugging for high numbers like James McCann, like he's done in the past because a, what do we have here, 349 slugging, that's just not going to get anything done. It really isn't. So I'm, I have high hopes for him. I think the, the big thing is that he just needs to Try and hit for extra bases more. I mean, you have a cavernous city field out there. I know it was tough to hit home runs in that ballpark last year, but it's not impossible. I don't know what his approach needs to be. Uh, I have no idea what it was. That I don't didn't, either. He just needs to give it a little bit of a change. I don't know what what the adjustments would make, but this is the big leagues, man. We have a lot of time. This is uh, he's a he's a as professional as it gets, and I, I just believe that he's going to make that change. Over under time. Over under time. Let's do it. All right, you go first. All right, so I have uh, James McCann. So he's going to do one for James McCann. I'm going to pick one for Nito, and we're going to keep our two that way. New system. Like it. All right, uh, mine's pretty straightforward for McCann. For those that are unfamiliar with the stat, OPS plus takes the stat OPS, which is on base plus slugging. It puts it on a league-wide scale and puts it on a number scale. So if you have an OPS plus of 100, that means you're a league average hitter. You're doing what the average MLB player is doing at the dish. My question for you is, will James McCann be above or below that threshold? Can James McCann be an above average uh, major league hitter by that standard? So your over under is 100. 100. So 100 is your league average. Anything above is better. Anything below. Okay. Exactly. I am going to I'm going to take the under here. And I'm going to do it with a, a sorrowful tone. I just don't see him returning to above-average form. Um, I hope he does, but I don't see it happening. I just didn't like what I saw from him at the at the dish last year. I, I do wish that he was able to play a little bit more in that 2020 season, which was already short. He only played 31 games that year. His OPS plus from that year was 143, 43 points above league average. That's amazing. 896. Yeah, so that he's is incredible. Capable. He's been there before. What it, what was it the years before? 108, 108 in 2019. But then never anything before that. Yeah, so I think, man, I'm going to take the under. Yeah, I believe, I believe I'm going to take the under as well. I think that you could see a 2019-esque season from him. I do think that maybe juice balls influenced the home run total a little bit there, but still. James McCann can be a 750 OPS guy, and I think that you take that to the bank uh, as you're biding time for your top prospect in Alvarez, but 77, it's just not going to cut it. It's really not. I agree. On a team trying to win the World so Series. So, two, we agree there on the over-under for McCann. I feel like McCann. we had to for that one. Uh, yeah. yeah, I think so, too. What do you got for me? So, for Nito, my over-under is going to be games played, mm. and this is kind of what we talked about this whole time was – is it going to be a timeshare? Is it going to be a 50-50 split? Yeah. So last year, Nito earned his way into the lineup. He started to get more and more playing time. Uh, he played in 58 games, which was a career high. Yep. Um, and he looked good doing it. And obviously, he only hit 222 uh, and only had three homers, but there was moments for him. He had moments, which is impressive. In a small amount of time, you want to have those moments because – that's all they need from you is to have, you know, a big impact here and there and just catch the ball. So I'm going to do games played and I'm going to, I'm going to set it. So steamer hasn't projected at 48 games. Mm -hmm. 
He played 58 last year. I am going to set it at 59. Okay. That way, if you want to go above, it'll be his career high. Um, and if you want to go below, it'll be kind of normal. So I, I'll go first here. I'm going to take the over for Tomas oh, Nito. Okay. I am a big Tomas Nito fan. It hasn't sounded like it yet, sure. but I love throwing to that man. I had a chance to throw to a lot of catchers, and I just really like the way he receives. I love him. He's a, he's a, he's a really solid good human being and he's always positive and so when I throw to him he makes me feel good yeah and that's that confidence that he in, in, instills in his pitcher is a is like a shining star as a catcher and so I will always root for Nito he, he is an easy person to root for and I think offensively with every piece that's been brought in that lineup I think he doesn't need to try to hit 290 I think he can still have those moments and and try to hit for a home run I think he might get to 10 so I'm going to take the over on on games played at uh, at 59 I think you explained that in like basically the perfect way possible because I'm also going to take the over I think that James McCann you know he only had a year's worth of tries but this is a, a team that spends a lot of money and they I think they have a full understanding that not every signing is going to hit and you know what if you're trying to win a world championship you can't wait around forever. So what Nino may not be able to do at the dish, you know that he's able to do behind the dish. He's shown that he's done that for pretty much the entirety of his professional career. And that element is so important about you know developing a good relationship with your battery and showing that you're capable of catching anybody and getting the best out of anybody. And I'm not saying that McCann can't do that, but that is what got Nito to the next level. That is what has helped him stay with the Mets uh, since 2017 at this point. So I think that he will get his career high in games. I think the Mets have nothing to lose really with their nine hole here. And I think they're willing to try things and give Nito uh, more playing time than he's ever had. I'm for it. Okay. Last over under. Okay. You ready? I'm ready. I don't know if you're ready. I'm ready. The over under number is zero. Maybe. I'm so we'll ready. go with 0. 0.5. Okay. And it's games played in the big leagues for Francisco Alvarez. Fun. I need to think. I have my answer, but I'm going to wait. Like, do you think he gets a Conforto thing where they call him up really early because they're on a run or something? Like, because that's what I'm envisioning. What do you think, Jolly? I, I think he gets a game. I, th- I think he gets up <laughs> in September for sure. Okay. Right? You know? That's 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 more. I am going to take the under. Uh, you just wanted us to disagree once. Okay, no, I it's because you. I, I don't you. think they're going to need him. I don't think they want to start his clock yet, and they want to let him get some more time. He is, what, a, like 13 years old? Yeah. Like He's 12, 19. Think, something like that. How old is he, 19? I think 19. You might 19. Be right there. So there's out. no reason to rush that on a championship team. If he's, if he's lighting it up, then that's one thing. But if he's... Um, if he's not ready, they're not going to force it because they have two guys in Nito and McCann that are professionals that are always going to be good defensively, and so they don't need that. I think the clock thing was something that I didn't really think of. He's 20 years old, by the way, um, and that is a good point. But at the same time, like we keep mentioning, this is the team that wants to win a World Series. Like If you need that spark plug come August Correct. if these guys aren't performing, I think that they just pull the trigger. If they, they need it, up. they will. If he's ready, if he's if he, they, if he he can be that spark plug. They'll they'll do it. But I hope that they don't need it, uh, and because that means our boys are doing well. I hope so too. All right, I think that's all we surprised. got. On that our is all we show. got. Yeah. All right. 
Hey, guys, thank you for watching our first two-for episode. We got uh, Trev and Moylan in the background having a good time, so we're going to put it here. Um, we'll see you guys next time with another PPP on another Mets player. Let's go, Mets. Brought to you by the Top Spunt 22 House <laughs> in beautiful Arizona. <laughs>